Welcome back. We're on episode 32 of Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and none more black eyes the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of 5MinutesOfMime.com. And joining us today, once again, our special guest is Bry Engerman. Hello, everybody. Mr. Good to be back. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> My pleasure. Good to have you. All right. So, Bry has once again stopped by, this time for Minute 32 of the movie This is Spinal Tap. Minute 32 begins with a little uh, critis- criticism from David about Nigel's harmonization. We end with a clip from Jamboree Bop on American TV in 1967. And in between, we get a little bit more of the interview back at Nigel's Castle, and we get to see a clip of the band's first hit. So minute 32, we're back at Graveside in Graceland, and David's talking about Barbershop Raga, which actually <laughs> sounds... I might, I might dig that. I might want to hear some Barbershop, <laughs> barbershop Reggae. I could get into that. But maybe not appropriate for uh, for what they're trying to do with Heartbreak Hotel. And yeah, Nigel thinks it sounds good, and and David's just shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, David is not having any of it. I feel for him, man. When I'm in a foul mood like he is, I don't want to try to. I mean, he shouldn't even be trying to sing <laughs> harmony with these guys because he's just not not in the headspace to create a new genre. Right. right. And once again, we see, I think we've, we mentioned this before, the way Derek is a bit of a buffer between the, the two artistic extremes of, of Nigel and David. And he, he brings things down. Derek's there with the reminding them of, of where they are and, and, and saying, watch the language. You know, we're, we're paying homage to the king here. Yes. And they're being disrespectful. And so Derek is, is grounding them and, and bringing them back to, to the present in his own way. Yeah, David's saying thoroughly, thoroughly depressing. <laughs> Poor yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thoroughly depressing. Nigel makes the observation uh, that it 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 puts things, uh, you know, puts perspective on things. Yeah, exactly. Too too much perspective. Yeah, yeah. too much <laughs> fucking perspective. Yes, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I think that that shows you. I mean, what state of mind they're in. They're, mm-hmm. He's he's saying, well puts it into perspective and you know it's almost where it's so bad where you don't even want to know how bad it is and that's where they seem to be here in this minute yeah 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 i wonder if this is you know they're, they're getting away from ian in you know previous we've seen how ian acts as a bit of a buffer between you know these overgrown boys and the real world and you know where's ian we haven't seen him these these last couple minutes he's he's left them to their own devices and you see what happens. They they interact with the real world, and it's it's yeah, it's too much fucking perspective. <laughs> you know, they they need someone to lie to them. They need to to someone that says, you know, yes. oh, you're you know, you're just being more selective. It's it's not a smaller crowd, right? Or, uh, you know, do you? Yeah, think- and maybe this is what they need right now. Is is that un as painful mm-hmm. it as as it is that unfiltered view of where where they stand at the moment. But also, I was just thinking too, is that according to that montage about montage that we saw a couple minutes back, it's possible that he's, you know, Ian's off maybe blowing off some steam or something somewhere because maybe he's off having a 
having a beer or a, a hurricane or something like that, you know, going <laughs> and yeah, maybe taking a little space from the guys. Right, right. Yeah, because he doesn't want to. You don't want to put a cricket bat through uh, through one of the members of the band. So he's he's probably got to get away. Yeah. At some point, either that or he's hunting down mandolin strings or, or <laughs> doing you know whatever he does. <laughs> do you do you think their egos need to be uh, massaged in, in in a way? Do you, or do you think that they're really having a is it a full time job? Let's say to make sure to keep them happy because in this minute, you know, as you said, they are alone. They break down, but do you think they're they're prima donnas, or do you think they're you think that it's a full time job for their management to keep them happy? And okay, you know, here we go, everything's great. You guys are the best in the world. What do you think? Do you think that they it's a full time job for somebody on their staff? Um, yeah, I would think so. I I definitely wouldn't want to do it. It sounds like a real pain in the behind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I would think it. I imagine it takes a certain. A certain bravado, a certain a certain uh, kind of point of view, a certain ego to be able to get up on stage, mm-hmm. you know, in, in front of a whole stadium or, or theater or club, depending on how popular they're at the moment. But, you know, to get up on stage and say, everyone out there, look at me and worship me right. and you're paying to see me that... Yeah, so you have to have a certain amount of ego, a certain amount of pride, mm-hmm. a certain narcissism just to do that job. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, when you're a kid, when you're 18, when you're 20, 21, you think you know everything. You think everyone should be doing that anyway. Of course, of course, people are going to pay money to see me because right. I'm so wonderful. These guys, though, they're a little bit more mature. They've been around the block a few times. They're, uh, you know, they're mid-30s. They're pushing 40. You know, they look great even from up on stage, but maybe they're getting, you know, naturally at this stage of your life, you get a little bit more introspective, maybe have a little bit more of an insight into how your small role plays in the larger world. Right. And so maybe it becomes difficult to have that, you know. To, it really to, is too much fucking yeah. perspective. Right, right. <laughs> really yeah. Is. You know, I mean, and this guy, yeah. this is the king. And now he's, you know, it's a gravestone. Right. And, yeah. and yeah. he's the king and, he, and this is where he is. How could right. we ever get through? And now they've got to go up on stage and perform and, and get the energy up and, and everything else. Yes. Like, no, you, you you need someone to keep you in that bubble so you can keep doing that, I, I would think. there. I'm sure there are musicians even within rock and roll for whom it's, it's just a job. Mm-hmm. You know, they go up on stage and they do what they do the same way other people go to an office and do what they do or mm-hmm. people go to a construction site or whatever. And it's and it's very unemotional. But my my perception, my feeling is that for for a lot of musicians, maybe even most musicians in that position, that the emotion is a big part of it that I know when I go to my job. I don't have an audience. I mean, I've got a, a boss who checks in. I, I have customers. I have clients. I have people that I'm working for, but they're not watching me every minute while I do my do, you know, while I'm doing my stuff. Or, you know, if you're building a house, the people that are going to move in are not standing behind you looking over your shoulder as you drive every nail and so forth. Versus these guys, when they're up on stage, they're getting that kind of attention. And I think for most people, it just, you have to come from a different emotional place. And it's, it's, you know, it's a little bit unnatural, especially at this age to, to have that kind of narcissism, to, to want that and expect that, that kind of attention. 
And that's some of what Ian does, and that's some of what they're getting away from when they uh, when they don't have the protection, they don't have that buffer huh. between the right. Room. Or also when um, their gigs are getting canceled. I mean, the canceled gigs are really saying uh, it's a rejection. Mm-hmm. We're not really interested in what you're doing and what you have to say. And yeah, right. You know. And there's and no also, way. <clears throat> yeah, go ahead. There's no way to sugarcoat that. I mean, that's right. That that is clear. They they they've been rejected. They do not want them to perform. It's not as if they could spin it into. You can't spin that. No. Right. Yeah, and I think Sean too. You mentioning the word um, emotional. You know, this job is an emotional job. Not not just because you're in, you're on stage and and have the narcissism and ego potentially to need to be up there and to have that relationship with the fans, but also the fact that you're playing music. You're this is an art. This is this is emotional. This is raw nerves. Even with the songs being corn kind of cornball versions of these kind of songs, these relationships are it you know, within the band and with the audience and with the music and with yourself. That's all emotional stuff too, which is is quite different than some other jobs that we that we do and understanding your emotional reaction to what you're putting out and what headspace you need to be in. Like you said, oh, now they need to go get on stage and perform. And it's it's not easy to do that when you're not in the let's rock and roll headspace. <laughs> you know? It's hard to fake. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's it's impossible to fake. It's, yeah. So yeah. Too much fucking perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, before we um, take off from the grave site, I just wanted to follow up a little bit. You're talking about Elvis. And as I mentioned before, that music that I mostly have performed in the past has been this pre-Elvis or Elvis-adjacent music. And I wanted mm-hmm. to throw out a couple of book recommendations um, if you're curious a little bit more about some of this uh, Lesser-known stuff that's influenced Elvis or um, the like of yeah. the early rock and roll. So the first one, I haven't read this in quite a while, but it's called Unsung Heroes of Rock and Roll, The Birth of Rock in the Wild Years Before Elvis. And that's by Nick Tochus or Toshis. It's T or Toshis, T-O-S-C-H-E-S. Um, I haven't read this in a while, and I do remember he is a bit of a, a snark monster, you know, kind of one of those like, well, I'm a critic and I know about the early stuff that you guys don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of great information, and I, as I recall, each chapter covers a different artist. So if you want to, if you like going um, granular like we do here on and learn more about um, some of these early folks. Like, I'll just name a couple of the different artists, some you may be familiar with and some not. Like, you may already know about Wanda Jackson or Screamin' Jay Hawkins, um, the Midnighters, but I hadn't heard before of Jackie Brenston. There's the Dominoes, the Clovers, but somebody I hadn't heard of, Hard Rock Gunter. There's the young Bill Haley. So this is pre, uh, pre-pop hit of, of Bill Haley. Pre, Pre-Comets. Yeah, pre-comets, early Louis Jordan. So that's a callback okay, to yeah. me saying that he's one of my favorites. Wynoni Harris, Ella Mae Morse. So I recommend that book if you can find it, um, Unsung Heroes of Rock and Roll. And then the other one I picked up a few years back, and it's really fantastic. And it's called Always Magic 
In the Air. It's by Ken Emerson. And Always Magic in the Air is about the song writers from the 50s through, um, I think they kind of go through the 70s. So a lot of these are the songwriting duos. Like, for instance, my favorites, Jerry Lieber and Mike Stoller, a.k.a. Lieber and Stoller, mm-hmm. they wrote yeah. ha- they wrote Hound Dog. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't write it for Elvis. You know, they wrote it for somebody else. I'll let you... <laughs> oh, and discover because she's one of my favorite performers. So, do if you're interested in the roots of this stuff. So, for instance, Lieber and Stoller, they're two white guys, but they wrote for a lot of black artists and um, and white artists. And then there's all these other duos that ended up writing, you know, some stuff that you might really like, and then some stuff that might be a little bit more corny that you're not into, um, like Neil Sedaka and Howard, Howard Greenfield. Uh, of course, Carol King and Jerry Goffin, Doc mm-hmm. Palmas and Mort Shulman, Jer- Jeff Barry and Ellie Greenwich, uh, Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil, and then Burt Bacharach and Hal David. So that kind of gives you an idea. It's men, it's women, it's the Brill Building, and but it's a lot more than just the Brill Building, um, if you're familiar at all with that, that hit-making machine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So one thing I really like about it, and then we can move on, is just that I think when you're learning about the history of rock and roll and rhythm and blues and all that kind of stuff, is that sometimes we come at it from the Elvis perspective, where we might learn about Elvis first, and then go, oh, yeah, but he wasn't really the originator, you know, it was this person, this person, this person, you know, and throw out a few different names of usually mostly um, Black or African American, however you want to say it, folks. But that's, that's just part of the story. I mean, it's really a multicultural, multi-background, full color experience. You know, when you look at the originators of jazz, blues, R&B, soul, etc., and all the, you know, rockabilly and all that stuff, country, it's cross-pollination to the nth degree. It's not just a, the black people did it, and then the white people took it. It's, It's everybody. And that's one of the things I love about the always magic in the air is that it, it, it tells um, a richer story of um, songwriting and collaboration. And to me, it really, uh, it's really fascinating and um, just wonderful stuff. So those are my two recommendations. Good. Yeah, good stuff. It's the, it's, you know, what you're talking about is, is America, uh, really, in terms of what's an analogy for the American experience, that kind of the the melding, the melting pot, the multicultural angle, and the, you know, what has America done for civilization? What are we going to leave behind? What are we going to be known for? Rock and roll, blues, jazz, you know, what have, what do, what do you get here? Podcasts. What do you have? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what does the world have that it would not have if the United States didn't exist? And it's rock and roll, baby. You know, that's, right. that's, that's what we do. That, that's, you know, what we've left behind, uh, you know, in thousands of years. I think that's I think that'll be the, the cultural mark that uh, that the 20th century America left behind. So, uh, yeah, all, all interesting stuff and, and books I haven't heard of before, but but ones I'll definitely check out now. I, I love recommendations on podcasts, by the way. That's where I really consume <laughs> all my media, books, music. It's it's just recommendations. So, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for that. I'm going to yeah. look those up. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, so speaking of, of those things, uh, 
I'll I'll turn the mic over to to Brian. And uh, one thing I want to know is, uh, so one thing we've we've been asking our guests in the past is if they have any real life Spinal Tap experiences, either as a performer or audience member, you know, kind of just wacky, unexpected concerts, occurrences. Uh, yes. Well, over the summer, uh, my wife and I went to Montreal for a vacation and we had tickets to Celine Dion. Mm -hmm. uh, so I had really reassured her that, no, this will be in English uh, all the way up until the beginning of the concert. I guaranteed it, actually. So we, we were walking through and this center bell. I don't know if anybody has been there. It's a, it's a very, very nice uh, arena. And I kept saying, it's going to be in English. It's going to be in English. But then I started to wonder. So I snuck away to a security guard. I said, this is going to be in English, right? I, I figured, how could it not be? <laughs> he kind of looked at me and said, oh, yeah, it's going to be. You know, they just kind of nodded. So Did he speak English? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> so we... She came out and everything was in French. Absolutely everything except for the Titanic song. Um, so it, but, but you know what though? But to play with what we were just saying, even in French, you could tell the emotion. I mean, it, it was a, it was a good concert. My, my wife, Christina, uh, is really a big fan, but she put on a great show. Uh, but even though we couldn't understand exactly what she was saying, the emotion, I mean, what the music conveyed, mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's what we just were talking about, it didn't, it didn't really matter. It, it didn't really matter. You, you knew what she was mm -hmm. trying to say, even though you might not specifically know what she was saying. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So that was my... Yeah, yeah. No, and I think that's funny, too, because we're just kind of, you know, Sean was like, American music and, you know... <laughs> <laughs> the world, you know? It's like, it's right. a perfect example of us going like, oh, I'm going to go to Canada. And of course, there'll be. Yes, I, I really thought that. English. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's too much fucking perspective. Yes, really? yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a great story. <laughs> so, yeah, what else is going on in this minute, guys? So then we you know, we, we we flip back to the, ca the, the castle and... Mm -hmm. uh, Ni we, you know, we pull back a little bit. Nigel's flashing us a little bit of leg. We see a little bit of knee underneath the kilt, which is always nice. Uh, Derek is, is futzing with his pipe. Love the yeah. pipe. He's got a lighter in one hand. He's got like the little pipe tool. He's kind of just, he's doing the thing that pipe smokers do. He's just playing with it. <laughs> and then uh, they cut to, we, we find out that, that the transition from the Thamesman to Spinal Tap came in 1967 when the uh, the world was changing, they were changing, and they had the enormous selling single, Listen to the Flower People. And so we definitely, we, we, we flash back to Jamboree Bop from 1967, where we see the band. Uh, so now it's Derek on the bass, has joined David and Nigel, and we get a new drummer once again, because this is Spinal Tap and the lineup is always changing. And the the one note I have about this performance is just how ridiculously bad the <laughs> lip sync is. And yeah. just in, in the contrast, the the performance section, I I don't know how they were filmed, if they were actually performing when the filming was going on or 
you know, I know sometimes with movies, even when it's a concert or it's supposed to be a performance that the the sound you're hearing in the movie is stuff that was recorded separately, even if the people were actually playing and singing mm-hmm. when it was filmed, because you don't always get the best acoustics uh, from a live performance. But at least it looks good. It looks believable. Whereas this, the the playing is completely out of sync with the music, other than the the... The lips for what the singing is kind of in sync, but when they show Nigel, his hands are all over and it doesn't match what he's playing at all. And and I just want to add, right when they before they cut to to showing this, when he says it was a dream come true, with an immediate cut to this performance, which I just <laughs> found to be hilarious. I mean, it looks awful. It's, it's a dream come true right to this, <laughs> and it just seems like oh, it doesn't look like a dream come true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna. I was gonna mention too that just before we cut to it, that yeah, this is so we've seen you know David really down in the dumps, and now this is he's Marty DeBergi's switched gears over here, and it's gonna bring bring the emotions back up here to a happier a happier memory, and uh, we were changing. We were changing the world, you know. This 1967 feeling of optimism and and uh, we can do anything. And, and it was it was it was an exciting time for those that I've heard. I, I mean, I'm excited because I was born in 1967. So this is an exciting time for me. This is the year of my birth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so certainly that was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. It's 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 so cheesy and and um goofy and and i i actually really have an affinity for this um the fashions of this era <laughs> but even even with an affinity for that this is this stuff is pretty uh hilarious looking yeah, well, it, set it, and these colors and these stripes and these swirls and yeah and, and david and is making is making a statement with with the haircut, with the Dutch boy hair and the vests and like the peasant blouse. And (laughs) (laughs) it's, uh, and it's, and another thing, just kind of like a side note, we, we talk about their attention to detail in, in producing this documentary that it's, you know, it's not real. I hope that's, I have it shocked. If, if, you know, if, if you're driving while listening to the podcast, if you need to pull over and gather yourself for a minute, this is, <laughs> you know, it's not a real band. It's not a real documentary, but the attention to detail, when you flip from the interview section to the, the clip, the quality goes down because, right. and, and the, the quality of video has approved since then. Now we have HD and ultra HD and 4k and, and whatnot. But the, you know, the the television clip is not 1982 video quality. It's 67 video quality. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I have it. I have the minute up on my monitor here and like their faces are just these blurry smudges, (laughs) you know, to make it look like this is actual video from 1967 that they're, you know, they're, they're taking it seriously and they're making it look real. They're giving a, a very good impression, yeah, along the with set just the design, yeah. the set design, the background, the the fact that it's called Jamboree Bop. I mean, that's, that's all, <laughs> it's perfect. Bop, yeah, yeah. And just um, just to give a little bit of 
yeah, side sideline here as I just looked up the hot singles of 67 to kind of give us a little reminder <laughs> of just how realistic this was. But on. yeah, we've got uh, I'm a Believer by the Monkees, Kind of a Drag by the Buckinghams, Ruby Tuesday by the Rolling Stones. Penny Lane by the Beatles, Happy Together by the Turtles. I can totally see the Turtles singing Happy Together on this screen, <laughs> on this backdrop, on this jamboree bop. Yeah, um, you just go through yeah. like some of the, the names that were, were big at that time. You mentioned the Buckinghams, the Turtles. You had the Young Rascals, the Association, Aretha Franklin doing Respect. I mean, oh my God, what yeah. an incredible song. The Happening by the Supremes. Mm-hmm. Wendy by the Association. That's yeah. another kind of Strawberry cheesy, Alarm fun Clock, one. Incense mm-hmm. and Peppermints. So there was, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's an interesting time that you had, you know, Motown was around. You had some deep soul coming out that was still popular. You had a little bit of that early 60s doo-wop was still hanging around. But then you had, you know, you had the the Flower Children. You know, so Frankie Valley is up there next to Frank and Nancy Sinatra, which is next to the Doors and the Monkees. Uh, yeah, you know, what you might see if you when you walked into your record store, and and yeah, and then the Beatles. We had talked about their previously. We talked about their evolution. So yeah, you're you're getting Penny Lane and, and Abbey Road and, and that sort of stuff. Uh, an interesting, yeah, an interesting time to be uh, to be a, a music listener. Yeah, to um, and just one more that I wanted to mention was um, one of one song I love just singing along to, which is Lulu's "To Sir with Love" mm-hmm. from with love. Yeah. the movie of the same title. <laughs> so yeah, and and just to bring it back to that's what we're talking about with this uh, always magic in the air book. This is just the kind of stuff it'd be it'd be interesting to learn by reading that book which of these songs at this time were written by for instance the beatles really changed things because they were they went of course from you know covering material same with the rolling stones to writing their own material mm-hmm. and then there's this big sea change when artists are starting to become the singer songwriters and that that's be- that's that's around this time where things are going from being written by others to being singer songwriter. Uh, that th- this is that time. So this is a good little snapshot of this this uh, sea change mm-hmm. in uh, in how songs come come to live on the top top one hundred. Yeah, and uh, so oh, we should mention that the uh, so we so we did mention that so at this point Derek is with the band mm-hmm. and on drums. In this clip and, and playing on Flower People is Peter James Bond. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure Peter lived a long and successful life, but oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> at least for now, we'll see him. <laughs> at least for this minute, he's alive and well and he's playing drums for Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah I'm sure he goes on to many great successes after that. <laughs> <laughs> and again, when they. A little bit uh, halfway through the minute when they're being interviewed, the costume design. I mean, there's really the attention to detail, as we mm-hmm. were saying. I mean, it's just they're all they're all so unique. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It, it's great. I, I mean, yeah, so much to love. <laughs> so much to love. Yes. 
And yeah, even during those that that interview section, just to go back to that for a second, is that they I love the way that they all very naturally kind of talk over each other. And we toured the world, we toured the states, <laughs> we toured the world and elsewhere. <laughs> you know, it's a great a dream come true. Right. Um, just it just looks it looks like they're hearkening back to a simpler, different, more successful time. And I just, yeah, it's just another naturalistic moment represented here in this this movie. This yeah. is Spinal Tap. Well, I got to say, this has always stuck out for me as, you know, we kind of wondered what the origin of having a band called Spinal Tap, like a heavy metal band called Spinal Tap. It kind of makes sense to me, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of name. But the fact that their name was Spinal Tap in 67, I was always kind of like, huh. Flower people and Spinal Tap doesn't really seem to blend to me. That would be my little, besides besides Nigel's wig sometimes not looking the best, this is my other little thing that I always thought was not quite, like I almost wish there was one more band name. Doesn't, doesn't fit, yeah. you're saying, doesn't fit the era. Yeah, Spinal Tap 67, I don't know, well, maybe we can get some, some, uh, perspective or ideas from our um our listeners and yes. people that hang out in in our uh, the groupies lounge on facebook i'm going yes, to think about a good, a good thing to know it, it, that, that's true yeah so you'd be interesting uh, hearing if anyone has any ideas or theories about what that intermediate stage in the evolution of tap what what's a more appropriate flower people name hmm. or just flower people yeah go with that all right so it sounds like we're we're pretty good on minute 32 yeah, I think so. Anything yeah. else from you, Brian? No, no. That uh, sums up the minute. Any other Celine Dion stories? <laughs> no, 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 no Celine stories. Well, cool. Well, yeah, I think this has just been great, and it's been you know nice to get to know you, Brian, through this through these minutes. Yes, thanks. Yeah. It was a great time. Thank you for joining us. This yeah. has been a lot of fun. Great time. Totally. Yeah, yeah, and Heidi, so, you too. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for yeah, yeah. Me. Hey, my pleasure. You know, <laughs> I love getting up early on a Saturday morning, and I know it's not going to be released on a Saturday morning, but another little peek back here. We're recording this on a beautiful, beautiful spring Saturday morning, and <laughs> yeah, I'm so still in my pajamas. And <laughs> yeah, as as we record this, Brian and I are uh, in Massachusetts on April first. The opening day for the Red Sox is on Monday, and looking mm-hmm. out the window, it is snowing. Oh my God, are you serious? <laughs> yes, there's probably it's not three April three Fools out there right now. It's not April Fools. It's really no. Snow. It's, it, this is it's real snow. Yeah, it was uh, it was warm overnight, so I think it rained mostly overnight, which is the only reason why like we still have power and we're not completely snowed in. But then uh, this morning it. The cold front moved in and it changed over from rain to snow. And we've, yeah, we've probably got a good couple inches. Yes. We have plans. We have dinner plans for this evening. We may have to bring out the dogs and the, the sled to make it to the <laughs> restaurant. But, uh, but nothing warms the heart like a couple minutes with, uh, with my favorite movie and my uh, favorite co-host. Aww. It was a well, dream come true. It was. It was. <laughs> yeah. Toured the world and elsewhere oh, today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope you've enjoyed touring the world and elsewhere with us on episode 
32 of Spinal Tap Minute, and we welcome you to come back tomorrow and and see what our next minutes and episode reveals. So yeah, just uh, stay connected with us through SpinalTapMinute.com. And um, yeah, that's about it from me. Well, yeah, and uh, so you can always shoot us an email at SpinalTapMinute at gmail.com or swing by the Spinal Tap Minute Groupies Lounge on Facebook and uh, let us know if you have any of those ideas for different band names for the flower child period Spinal Tap, a more hippie-ish name than... uh, than what they went with, but we, you know, or or just any other ideas about the show. We love hearing from uh, the adoring public. <laughs> and so, wrapping it up for minute thirty-two. Until next time, and so say all of us. Tap into, into America. America. That was a good one. <laughs>